Welcome to church. Can we honor our new guest, everybody? New guests, come on, let's welcome them in, in our online family. Thank you all for joining us today. It's an honor to have you. Red Light, Green Light is our series. Anyone ever played Red Light, Green Light? Come on, I know it should be at least, it should be at least 100%, at least. And when you were a kid, <laughs> you probably played it over Christmas break, but um, Red Light, Green Light, man, it was always top five uh, at, at PE, or for me, I, um, I was an extended day. I don't know what they call it these days. I think it's extended care after school. Um, and we always wanted to play red light, green light. So you remember the game. So you had an instructor or, or a referee, and all, all of us, we lined up, and they would say green light. And so we would go, we would run. And then they would say red light. And if you were anything like me, you, 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 on, that, on that red light stop, you're like, yeah. you remember that? You had, you had to hold it. I almost caught a cramp. I'm getting, I'm getting up there. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost, for loosening that up. He said, I ain't going to let you embarrass yourself this early. <laughs> I did. It got tight real quick. I'm like, Jesus. And so, no, you remember, though, I'll, I'll just talk about it. I won't do it. And you you kind of did like this. And, and because if you moved, you had to start over, right? You had to start over. And. And I think, I think this year we're going to be going, going, going a lot. But I think this series is about pausing a little bit so that we can, we can make some progress. I don't think God wants you to start over a lot this year. God doesn't have a problem with you starting over, but why, why keep starting over when you, can just, when you can just make some progress? And so um, this series is about us slowing life down in order to process through ways in which we can move forward in our lives. Um, and that's why I love January and our 21 days, because it, it disrupts our normal schedule. Um, when you're hungry, you're not as apt to do the normal things, because during this fast, you're going to be hungry, and, uh, and, and, and you're going to be adjusting your schedule a little bit. But God is going to call us to slow some things down this year, so that we can move forward. And so this week's red light, I want to talk about making good decisions. I want to talk about making good decisions this year. And uh, I, I know that as, as people, we make quick decisions. I know we make pressure decisions. I know a lot of us make deadline decisions. But I don't know if we make wise or good decisions, and um, and 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 so I believe that uh, over the next three weeks, twenty-one days or so, as we're fasting and praying, I want us to to slow it down and process through our decisions. Someone say decisions, decisions. decisions. Um, the fact is, is that many of us in this room right now we share similar challenges. Um, many of us are also guilty of saying no one understands, but the truth is, is that a lot of people understand what it is you're going through. A lot of people can relate to your challenges and, um, we're all sitting under the same message, the same word, but one person is going to move forward in the face of the current challenge they're in. Someone else is going to regress. And it's all going to be based upon the decisions that they make um, in this life. Life is not as much about what happens to you as much as it is your decisions after it does happen to you. Many of us have similar opportunities. Big doors have opened. Big opportunities. Um, 
big things are heading your way. But the difference between those of you who are going to catch that momentum and some of us who it's going to fizzle out for is going to be our decisions. Someone say decisions. Decisions. And our decisions, go ahead and write this down. It won't come up on the screen. But our decisions will be the difference between progress and regress this year. Progress means moving up a degree or moving up a level in life. To regress means to move down to a lower degree. And I don't know anyone in the room that wants to move down to a lower degree. Um, we all want to move up. Amen. And what I love about the Lord is he's given us this gift of choosing. He's given us this gift of choosing him and choosing morals and choosing the right thing to do. Right. And he honors righteousness. He honors obedience. He honors the right decisions. Um, and so I love it here. Moses was leading over 3 million people out of Egypt uh, toward the promised land. And they're on the edge of the Jordan River. They just got to cross over the Jordan River and they're going to be in the promised land. And I believe that every person in this room has a promised land. Jesus is our promised land. But as we walk with him, there are things that God wants to do and unfold and reveal, give and entrust you with as you continue to walk with Jesus. But the difference that's going to be between the person who walks into everything that God has for them and the one who doesn't, though your soul is saved, is those who make the right decisions. Someone say decisions. 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 Okay. And so Deuteronomy 30, Moses said this. He said this. God through Moses said this. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death. I love that. He says today, which means every day we have a choice to make. Every day we have a choice about the kind of attitude we're going to have about that day. All right. Today. Someone say today. today. The choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And here's God. He says that he's emphatic about it. He emphasizes. It's almost like he's given us the answer. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And that is important because yesterday's decisions have brought us to where we are today. Yesterday's decisions have brought us to where we are today. So that means that today's decisions will determine tomorrow's destination. Today's decisions this Sunday will determine tomorrow's destination, right? The decisions that we make this January is like sowing seed for a harvest that we're going to reap next January, right? So I got to begin to ask myself, like, where do I want to be by God's grace? If I'm still on this earth, where do I want my life to be by this time next year? And I have to understand that I'm sowing seeds that I'm going to reap, right? So today's decisions will determine tomorrow's destination. So um, th this, this week, we're going to red light, we're going to stop, and we're going to process through two good decisions that we're going to make all year long. Two good decisions. Can I help you out with just two? Yeah. All right. So the first decision that we're going to make is we're going to seek God every day. Yeah. We're going to seek God every day. And there are two ways that we, we seek God. Number one is through prayer. Through prayer. We're going to seek the Lord through prayer this year. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, someone say instead. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need 
Here's the formula. So when you pray, tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Right? And you're going to pray. You're not going to worry. You're going to pray. So the thing you're tempted to worry about, you take it to God in prayer. That's right. right? You take it to him in prayer. And he says this. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus. So his peace is going to come in. And so how do we pray? If you're taking notes, it won't come on the screen. We, we pray uh, trifold. So we come to God with, with three things. Honor. We come to God with honor. We recognize that he is God. He is the creator. He is our father. We come to God with gratitude. We, we, we thank God for all the things we have. Uh, mainly salvation, right? Communion, the blood of Christ. We're forgiven through the blood of Christ, the body of Christ. We've been made whole spiritually because of all that Christ has done, right? We have the Holy Spirit. God lives on the inside of us. We have gifts of the Spirit. Right? We, we begin to thank God for all of our possessions, our, our pillow and our car and our clothes and our homes. We thank God for our jobs because he's given us our jobs to steward, which is really a test to elevate us in the future. Right. He's trying to see how we're how we're doing that. Right. And so we thank God. And then we come to God with honesty. Someone say honesty. 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 We get raw with the Lord. We come before God with, with, with a contrite spirit and our broken hearts. We come to the Lord with our joy and our happiness and, and our triumph. We come to God with our trials and our insecurities. And we come to God with our shortcomings and our sins and our confession. We, we come to God with our concerns. We get real before. We get snotty before God. We, we cry before the Lord. You got to make some time for this stuff in your life. We come to God cheery like, 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 a, like a happy child who just achieved something great. You know, and we, and God, God's in heaven. He's celebrating with us. You go, baby. You're doing, you're doing so good. And when we're down, he gets down with us. But we come to God with all of the emotional muck. If you read the Psalms, David gets real with God. David, God, I don't like this. I'm not feeling this. I don't want to live. I want to die. You know, I, oh, man, God, you're so good. You bless me so good. You're so God can deal with that bipolar nature that we have. God, God's like, I know you crazy. One day you happy, one day you sad, but I can deal with it. You know what I mean? We get honest with the Lord. And then we end our prayers in hope. With the hope of a greater future, we make requests. Someone say requests. Because the word prayer means to make petition. So let me help you. Never come to God and, and never leave him without having asked him for something. He wants to give you good gifts. And so honor, honesty, and, and hope. And uh, if you're anything like me, be it on a, say, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, in the middle of the day, sometimes I'll get a phone call or, or uh, maybe it's an opportunity that I feel it's just too big for me to handle, too big for me to understand and process through, and you need an inner calm. You ever needed some inner calm just in the middle of the week, just in the middle of the day? You need an inner peace. You need an inner calm. Have you ever, have you ever, this is so good, have you ever needed a restart in the middle of your day? Like it started out good? And then around 12, 1, 2 p.m., it's like, man, it's, ugh, ugh. you need a restart. The answer there is to stop. Someone say stop, stop. and pray and pray to stop for a minute and pray. J just to let you in on my world a little bit. I pray at least three times a day, at least three times a day. 
at least two minutes. Sometimes, most of the times, no more than 10 minutes. I pray. The other day, I, I, I was in my office, and, um, and I put both hands on, on both sides of my Bible, open Bible. And uh, I just looked out the window, and, and I just I stopped and I prayed. Everyone close your eyes. Do this with me. Just close your eyes. There's already a peace. Keep your eyes closed. I don't know if we do this enough. Take a deep breath in with me. Just Keep your eyes closed. And that's what I did. I, I slowed down my breathing. And I just started to say, God, you're good. You're faithful. You're a refuge. You're my healer. You're the lover of my soul. And I trust you. I give my worry to you, Lord. And I love you. You can open your eyes. Sometimes you just need to stop. Get in a corner at work. Maybe the kids are outside playing. Maybe your spouse is somewhere. Just take a moment. God wants to hear from you. And, and Philippians just said that peace comes, right? That peace. So when we pray, go ahead and write this down. We receive peace. We receive peace. And peace is the assurance that everything is going to work out. Peace is that assurance that everything is going to work out. It's that mental that mental calm. And what I love about that peace that the Holy Spirit gives, it's really a supernatural work that God does in our hearts and in our minds. When you get that peace, you can then begin to strategize and plan, right? Because, oh, my God, oh, no, oh, oh, oh. when you pray and you get that peace, your mind gets clarity. You can begin to move forward and say, wow, what? Why did I think about quitting in the first place? Why was I not going to apply for that job or apply for that school? Why was I not going to move forward with that dream? Thank you, Lord, for peace. Now I can see clearly, right? It's, it's that peace. And the second way that we're going to seek God is through Scripture. Through Scripture. The word Scripture, if you're taking notes, means inspired writing. So 40 men wrote the Bible. And it was God who breathed on them. And as he breathed on them, they wrote. So one author, 40 writers. So the word of God is, is manna, here it is, or bread from heaven. It's the word of God. And it is infallible. There are no errors. There are no contradictions. And this book is supernatural and the and the word of God says that the word of God is alive and active that's right. That's right. right so we're going to seek God through scripture every day someone say every day. every day every day okay and it says this here Jesus when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights he was in the wilderness and Satan tempted him before he was going to start his public ministry uh, one of Jesus's response to a temptation of the enemy was this. The scriptures say God's word says this bread alone will not satisfy. 
So bread alone, money, shopping, vacations, a break here and a break there. Jesus is saying that stuff won't fill you up. Success won't fill you up. You get the house, you get the car, you get the position. He's saying that this stuff of the world will not fill you up. It'll fill you up temporarily, but he says this here. He's, if you want to find true fulfillment, but true life is found in every word. Here it is. That's the key word right there. That constantly, someone say constantly, goes forth from God's mouth. True fulfillment is, is when, I, when I open this book every morning. Or, or when I open it at lunch, or when I open it during after dinner, or when I open it before bed, and I begin to open my heart and open my mind and open my soul, and I begin to ingest manna or bread from heaven, right? Because we all have those questions, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening in America? Why has this happened to my family? Why was dad not there? Why was mom not there? Why? why, why? We all have questions about why. Why, why, does it, why the school shooting? Why the addiction? Why, why does all this? Why? why? And, 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 and we all need that midday encouragement just like we need that midday peace. And sometimes your pastor is not on speed dial. Sometimes you just can't put a sermon on. Sometimes, you know, you don't have you don't have what you need to get that encouragement. But I want to encourage you that if you bring your Bible with you to work, if you bring your Bible with you on vacation, if you take your Bible with you wherever you go, you can always stop for a moment and have a little manna from heaven. Have a little truth. For your soul. So when we read scripture, go ahead and write this down. We receive perspective. 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 And and the scripture provides, this is so important. Hear me out. The scripture provides the correct view of life. The correct view of life. It corrects our lens. It corrects our view. And I love that second part of the statement. And clarity of God's purpose. Right? Because this world can have us jaded. This world likes to define what success is, what happiness is, what peace is. And Christ just told us you can't live according to the sustenance of this world. Satan was trying to offer Christ the world. And he said, I can't live on that. I can't thrive on that, right? I'm going to have an incorrect view about people, about myself, about my future, if I try to fill myself up with the world. But if I, if I constantly take of the word of God, I'm going to correct my view. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the power and the strength and the perspective to forgive my father, to forgive my mother. To, to, come on now. I'm going to have the correct view on life. And then if, if I would just open this thing up and read about David, I'll understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. If I read Abraham, if I read Sarah, if I read Ruth, if, if I read Jesus himself, if I read Paul, if I read Moses, I'll be able to understand that, wow, I'm not the first person who has gone through this stuff. And if God was with them and if God was for them, God is with me and he's for me. And there's a purpose behind why I'm going through everything that I'm going through. So you need to be in your Bible every single day this year. You need manna from heaven every single day this year. I love the word of God. 
I love it. Something get me fired up, man, about life. When I read that thing, when I read that David chopped off Goliath's head, I'm like, give, give me a sword, Lord. God's like, don't chop nobody now. I'm like, ah, shouldn't have put it there. I'm excited now. So there are two key questions you must ask every day this year. Did I pray today? Did I pray today? Write that down. It's going to be important. And number two, what did God say today? What did God say today? I'd encourage you that if you're going to fast with us, maybe you're just going to pray for the next 21 days. Maybe you're just going to commit to reading your Bible. Whatever your commitment is going to be starting tomorrow, I encourage you to, to start in the Gospels. Start with the life of Jesus if you don't know where to start. Uh, the book of John is perfect. It's 21 chapters. Read a chapter a day. Read 10 verses a day. Just, just get a little something because it, it can clarify things in your life. The second big decision that we're going to make this year is to go uphill every day. We're going to go uphill every day. I know I'm going uphill. I'm, I'm going uphill. I, I turned 36 this year. Come on now. Come on, celebrate with me a little bit. Come on now. And I can't wait to 37. Because, Brandon, I know that by this time next year, I'm going to be in a better place. Because of a decision to go uphill. Because of a decision. I'm going to exercise my full liberty, my full kingdom right to go uphill. I refuse to go downhill. We're going we're gonna to go uphill. Someone say go uphill. go uphill. John Maxwell says this. Anything worth achieving is uphill. Okay, let me, let me help us out. Better health is uphill. Financial freedom is uphill. Healthier relationships is uphill. Maturing in faith is uphill. It's, it's, it's all uphill. It's all uphill. And it's hard going uphill. And not a lot of people make it to the top of the hill. Because not a lot of people want to go uphill. Right? But we're going to make a decision to go uphill. Forgiveness is uphill. Choosing to heal emotionally is uphill. Now, here it is. Let me clarify something. There are two parts, two parts, right? You're a triune being, like your spirit, soul, and body, you're, because you're created in the image of God. You're triune just like God. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your spirit, soul, and body. I don't have time to break that down here, but I'm, I want to simplify it. I want to take it from three to two. There are two parts of you. There's the part of you that wants to go uphill. And there's the part of you that does not want to go uphill. So there's a part of you that wants to forgive. There's a part of you that wants financial freedom. There's a part of you that wants to step into your dreams and aspirations. There's a part of you that wants to be healthy. There's a part of you that wants to get wiser. Then there's a part of you that doesn't. And so here's the question this year, everybody. If achievement is uphill, which part of me needs to die this morning? If achievement is uphill, which part of me needs to die this morning? If forgiveness is uphill, which part of me needs to die? If better health is uphill, which part of me needs to die? Right? And, and there are three mental, mental mindsets, enemies of going uphill. All right, write these down, okay? Number one is complaining. 
Complaining is an enemy of growth. And to complain, if you're taking notes, is to curse your blessings. And so the energy that we put into complaining is taken away from the energy that we could otherwise be using to go uphill. Right. So that's why we're grateful so that we can utilize that energy to continue to move up. So complaining. Number two is comfort. Comfort. Comfort is this idea of I want everything predictable and I want to be in control. But if you're going to go uphill, you have to let go of control. You have to let go of the predictability and then complacency. Those are three enemies of growth. Complacency is when you're no longer stretching. You're no longer growing. You're good. And what I love about dictionary.com, dictionary.com says that complacency, it has that when, when you're no longer stretching for more, but it has the semicolon and it puts this little sneaky little definition after that primary definition about not stretching for more. And it says unaware of potential danger. So, so you're not just going to settle right here, right? There's a great possibility that if, if you don't keep climbing uphill and making a decision to die to self and live in Christ, that you're going to roll downhill. So this year, every single morning, you need to be asking yourself, what part of me needs to die? What part of, what part of me needs to die? Paul says this. He says this. This is Paul. I have died. The word died means I have ended. But Christ lives in me. And now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Paul says a couple years ago when Jesus knocked me off my high horse, I died. I died. This, this is at the core of your Christian faith. This is at the core of your theology and your belief in God. That when you came to Christ, you died. Joshua Redding died on October, I think it was around 16th, 2006. I died that day and Christ began living in me. Christ began living in me because in all of us, there's always a David and a Goliath. There's a David and there's a Goliath in all of us. And I remember that when David knocked down Goliath and knocked him out and knocked his head off, he got that sword and he came and he said, well, Goliath is dead, but I'm going to kill him, kill him. I'm going to like kill him for real. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't come into the new year with me. So David took that sword and he chopped that head off. And so every single day of my life, I'm asking, what part of Joshua Redding needs to die today? Because he's always going to try to resurrect. Is it the lustful Joshua Redding? Is it the lying Joshua Redding? Is it the cheating Joshua Redding? Is it the corner-cutting Joshua Redding? Well, if it is, where's my sword? Because that's the part of me that needs to die again. I need to chop it off again. Because if I let it live, I won't go uphill. The second location is uphill. Reaching more people for Christ is uphill. Wealth is uphill. Freedom is uphill. Liberty is uphill. Your destiny is uphill. More is uphill. Blessings are uphill. It's all uphill. 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 Don't get complacent. Don't be jaded by this worldly system. You got to climb uphill. And no one's going to hold you by the hand this year. 
Stop looking for someone to take you uphill. You're going to have to determine and make the decision to go uphill. No one feels sorry for you. You got to go uphill. I, I love my wife. I love my kids. They're, they're home with me. They're always home with me, right? Th- this, this is probably the most interaction I'll have with people all week. Guess what? Midway through the week, it gets lonely. It gets discouraging. You want to quit. You borderline think you're crazy. You get a little suicidal. Really, God, are we going to do this? And I have to determine every single week in the middle of the week. Forget that devil. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I am going uphill. Going uphill. So you got to make that decision every day. I don't know what uphill looks like for you. I don't know if it's a, it's a fitness routine, it's, it's a diet thing, it's a read your Bible, it's a pray thing. But there's a decision that you have to make that once you make it and you do it every day, it's going to domino affect everything else in your life. And there have been some major decisions, just no feather in my cap, just want to let you in on my world a little bit, that I've made over the past 17 years of walking with Christ that have propelled my life to where it is today. All right, one was when I... Uh, dropped my, uh, med, uh, my applications to med school, and I uh, accepted the calling into ministry. Major decision. Another one was when I made the decision to father my oldest son, Jay. Major, major decision. Another one was when I decided to marry Kyra. Major decision. Moving from Florida to Maryland. Up quitting, uprooting, leaving our support system to move somewhere where we didn't know anyone or didn't have anything we were trusting a realtor to put us in a townhouse right we didn't know it was a major decision to start highlight church with no support and there were two common threads one was fear one was fear fear was always at the door trying to welcome me in and saying come on in because if you make all any of these decisions, none of them are going to work. You're going to mess something up. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. And the other decision was, well, since I'm facing fear, I either go in it as Joshua Redding or I die to myself. And then I can go in it as Christ within me. Because if I go in it as Joshua Redding, I'm going to fail. But if I die to myself, it's all going to work out. And God's going to bless it. And God's going to prosper it. So this year, the Holy Spirit's going to be calling you to things. And he's really not calling you to it as much as he's calling you to die to yourself. And to make decisions against the flesh. And to lean into the spirit. So that, that sexual purity that he's calling you to, that's called dying to yourself. So that he can bless your marriage in the future. So that he can bless your home. So that he can, come on now. So that he can bless, I can't wait for Mia Moore. Mm, Mia Moore is going to be good. That, that's our February series, y'all. We're dealing with singleness, marriage, um, all things sex, all of it, all of it. Y'all good? Y'all, y'all here? Y'all here? I haven't done it in a couple years. This is a new crowd right now. Y'all, y'all ain't excited as the 2019 crowd, but they were excited, weirdly enough, about all that. They're like, yeah, 
I'm like, y'all kind of quiet. Y'all all excited about Mia Moore next month? Come on now. Mia Moore, I can't wait for Mia Moore. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Sorry. All right, all right, all right. Worship team, come get me off the stage. We got to go. All right. So, so, so this is what I wanted to say. All of those decisions were preceded by a season of fasting. Okay, catch that. All of those decisions were preceded by a season of fasting. Hear my heart. Don't make any major decisions this year without fasting. Before Jesus started his ministry, before Christ called his disciples, before Christ went to the cross, he fasted. And so to fast is this, is to take a pause on our normal diet, entertainment, and leisure in order to draw closer to God. And that's what we're doing for the next three weeks, guys. We're going to take a pause on all that stuff. And real quick, real quick, I want to give you five ways to fast successfully. Y'all ready? Y'all okay? Five ways. Number one is pray. We're going to pray. Multiple times, pray. All right, number two, I want to encourage you to read. Read. As you fast, you're going to read. Number three, I want to encourage you to journal or write. Write down your prayers. Who are you praying for during this fast? Who are you praying for? I have some fasting journals from years back. And to be able to go back to those journals and see that God has answered the majority of those prayers, it's a beautiful thing. God said through the prophet Habakkuk, he said, write the vision. Write the vision. There's something spiritual about writing it down. It's an act of faith when you write it. You're telling God that I believe it because you put it on my heart. I'm going to write it, okay? Number four is worship. You're going to fast successfully. We're going to worship. I want to encourage you to fill your homes with worship. Fill your car with worship. Get you some Elevation Church. Get you some Highland Worship. Get you some Hillsong and some, some Bethel. Get, get that stuff in your, get it in your environment. Come to church every Sunday this, this week and worship with the people of God. And number five, you're going to rest. You're going to rest. I want to encourage you to interrupt your schedule for the next three weeks. Interrupt your schedule. Work, school, come home and rest. Log off social media. Just rest. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. We're going to rest. We're going to rest. James 4, 8 says this, come close to God and he will come close to you. And when God comes close, he, he brings all of his resource. When God comes close, he's going to bring his peace. He's going to bring his joy. Later on in the year, he's going to open those doors. He's going to change those family members. Come close to God and he's going to come close to you. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you today. We just thank you, God, for the word of God. I thank you for your people. You love them so much. I ask God that you would bless them, that you would meet them this month as they fast and as they pray. Lord, that you would do miracles, that you would heal, that you would restore, Father. I declare your goodness over their lives, Lord. God, I believe that you're working in their families as they stand in intercession for loved ones to know Jesus.
move, Lord, on their behalf. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love